0: Are you a fan of young adult novels?
1: Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels?
0: Then join author Eric J. Brown.
1: And Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle.
0: Every other Tuesday on YAOK.
1: Available on all podcasting apps.
0: Woo!
2: We're making an ad. Snapping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm -hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. So um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the end. That's, That's the end. That's the <laughs> end.
3: because it's the 90s and he's gonna sue our ass adam was frozen today and i've got 24 inch pythons just waiting to wrap around your next brothers so let's talk about Super commando <laughs>
4: we don't actually have to have a podcast that
5: was so no, good this is good yeah we just released this we get 1400 listens on it We're fine. <laughs>
3: Oh, shit. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Then
4: we could be like, Spaghetti! Gotcha! And
3: they come back in. Uh, To be fair, that was definitely more Macho Man than Hulk Hogan, but whatever. Um, So, you guys voted, and you picked Suburban Commando, and I'm happy about it, but I'm the only one who's happy about it as far as I can tell. (laughs) Um... So that's fine. No,
5: actually, I'm, I'm somewhat okay with it because I have a series of jokes to make throughout Dude, this show. I have, of make away with.
3: I have two and a half pages of notes on Suburban Commando. <laughs> so, all right. So the movie starts off, and we meet General Souter, and he's about to murder Mr. President. Um, <laughs> and... There's there's a, a couple couple jokes in here. Uh, the one line that I have written down is uh, I'm not egotistical, proud maybe, uh, which I, I don't know. I like that line, but uh, using some type of I wrote
4: that one too. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: using some type of envelope, the president manages to cut off suitor's hand, and a skeletal claw begins to emerge. Uh, this is when we meet Hulk Hogan's character Shep Ramsey. Uh, And he's uh, some type of space bounty hunter. And while he's unable to save the president, he blows up the ship, uh, killing everybody, including uh, the president. Um, And then he very... (laughs) Okay, this is the first note of the insanity of this movie. He is like spinning through space. And he's He's going, come on, stabilize, stabilize. But he is like so gingerly tapping this button on the uh, control pad to slow himself down. Uh, I I don't know.
5: Yeah, that's the uh, that's the stabilize button. I was wondering the same thing myself because he's just pushing the same button over and over and over again. I'm like,
4: that's
5: the definition of insanity there, Chef Randy.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he. uh Chef. Are you saying chef, as in Gordon Ramsay? I am, and I will continue <laughs> to do that. <laughs>
3: um, so, so so, he hates Earthlings. Are we going to talk about this? Yeah, he hates Earthlings. Uh, he's told that he needs to, to take a break from bounty hunting because he's getting sloppy. And uh, he angrily punches his control panel, and it busts up his ship. So he has to land at the next safest place, which is Earth. Uh, so yeah, he hates
4: Earthlings. Earthlings, welcome <laughs> to Earthlings. And then,
5: uh, a... yeah, he, he knows what it is. He knows what Earth is. He knows what Earthlings are. Actually, yeah. I don't even know what Earthlings are, but whatever. <laughs> um, and yet he he seems to be like it's supposed to be like a fish out of water thing, yeah. where he's like wearing the wrong clothes and acting very weird and awkward and doesn't understand anything. But he has don't cantaloupes. Colleges.
3: Well, this is also yeah. this is also a space film where literally everyone is human. Like all planets, all races, for the most part, are just humans. Um, no,
4: because because the bad guy, the bad, so I said they're... almost most.
5: Yeah, but, but that ba- the bad guy chooses to look like he he self identifies as a human for the yeah. whole movie.
4: <laughs> what is Tumblr like in space? <laughs> So
3: so there's a hip-hop opening song, and the beat Oh, just... Jesus
4: Christ, I wrote a note. Matt, <laughs> God damn you. Bow, 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 <laughs> it's
3: like the background beat. It's like, it's a nice place to live, but I wouldn't want to visit. It's a nice place to live.
5: Is that the same as the outro song, the Almost Paradise song? Or...
3: Oh, uh, I feel like it's the same song, yeah. So I, um, while I was watching this with my brother... I was like, man, I wonder if they, they ever released a soundtrack for Suburban Commando. And they did. And it was only a dollar on Amazon, so that's coming in the mail for me pretty soon.
5: Um, you lucky bastard, you. Yeah.
3: So we meet we meet Christopher Lloyd during this hip-hop song and his family, who all just doesn't give a shit about him, really. And he's a struggling architect, and that's when we meet the best character in the movie, which is Christopher Lloyd's boss, uh, played by Larry Miller, and he, is, he has so many great, subtle lines that I'm convinced that he was just going off-script the whole movie. Because I don't believe the guy who wrote the rest of Suburban Commando wrote his lines. Uh,
5: yeah, when he starts having the monologue about floors and ceilings, <laughs> and how in between those two you... <laughs> you need to have a wall. Yeah. Like I, was, I I thought that was actually pretty good. Well,
4: Adam he has, just became <laughs> Adam 2016 just became Adam 2015. Just, just
3: uh, there's a line from Larry Miller early on uh, when Christopher Lloyd gives him the blueprints and he's like, oh, God, yes, these are adequate. And I just think that that's like he's just such a dick. He's a fantastic dick. And every time I watch him. I think of ten things I hate about you, which is always a good thing. Uh, I just
4: wanted to put on the belly.
3: <laughs> so, uh, so now we now Hogan crash lands in some type of disco, uh, a, uh, a closed
5: down here. disco. It's a gay bar. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yo,
4: I want to take you to the gay bar, Hogan. Okay.
3: The gay ball, gay ball, gay ball, yeah. <laughs>
4: Um, Is that what he would sing it like?
3: Okay. Yeah.
5: So, Brother, I want to take you to a gay bar.
3: <laughs> that song's so good. That only so makes good. it gayer, though. Like, it's,
5: it's fine. A little bit, yeah.
3: So, so then we hear the, the song that Adam was referring to, almost like Paradise, a little reggae jam. Uh, blue sky, plenty of sunshine. Take a walk down by the bay. I've watched this movie so much. I think
5: what you're looking for is over there under the tree, (laughs) mom. And
3: this is when Hulk Hogan saves a dog, making him the hero that we all deserve uh, by beating up its shitty owner and locking him in the car and letting the dog eat that guy's meal instead. Um,
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, Whenever
5: Hulk leaves the house, he'll go for a little jog and he'll do one or two nice things, but he'll also destroy a lot of property or kill a cat. Stuff like
4: that. Yeah, yeah, that cat. You know, I, I'm totally on board with him, like straight up murdering that cat because cats are assholes. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm 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 oddly okay with that joke. Uh, I so I spoke
3: too soon. I I was wrong. There there is a character that's better than Larry Miller, and that is the drunken soldier that just sits in a car out on his front lawn, just yelling so, at Christopher Lloyd.
4: <laughs> that. Did I miss something? Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure that I watched the whole movie, and it wasn't like a shortened version. But um, I'm pretty sure that I was watching the movie, and I was expecting that character to show up more than three times, and then just fucking ghosts in the second and third act.
3: Yeah, no, he shows up, he has a conversation with Hogan, and then you really never see him again.
5: Uh, Why? What was it in the 80s where every ex, like every veteran was portrayed as a PTSD having alcoholic who <laughs> just spouted crazy <laughs> shit all the time?
4: Let's well, just, can we go down through like our previous episodes and how many times this trope has come through? I, I, two come to mind, and I'm sure that I'm missing a shitload, but like we got obviously the grandpa in Terror Vision, and we have pretty much all of House. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know more. what else we're missing, but like, that, it's it's a serious trope. Uh,
5: yeah. Also, the the sheriff from uh, Doctor Giggles having PTSD. <laughs> and, and, <laughs>
1: and you see this bottle.
5: <laughs> uh, well, I once saw a little boy burst out of a head. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, so the the world is just shitting on Christopher <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. He's got to get a whole bunch of new blueprints drawn up. He can't park in his driveway because his neighbors build racing cars, I guess, um, and uh, there's some asshole who just speeds around the neighborhood, whipping around for no reason, and then he gets home, and in just one afternoon, Shelley Duvall watched Dr. Ruth, got a sexy wig, con- uh, converted an entire work shed into a live-in apartment, and properly advertised it around town, which I think
4: is impressive to do in eight hours. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, well, honestly, you've never been a stay-at-home mom. You don't know what it's like during the day.
5: If they're having money problems, then Shelly Duvall could go to work because she could do the work of ten men. She
4: makes so much money. <laughs> yes, she converted
3: that work shed into a pretty nice apartment. Really? She carried that bed out there by herself. Like yeah. She she did some excellent work. Uh, and Hulk Hogan finding the the advertisement, the, the brilliant advertisement of just apartment for rent with an arrow pointing off to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: love that because he – he grabbed the sign, and then the camera panned up, and it looked down the street, and the, seat, <laughs> and the street went on forever. And it was like, well, where, though? No, where's the apartment for rent? You're
4: missing the fact that he probably knocks on a shitload of people's houses like, where's your apartment? Where's your apartment, <laughs> brother? <laughs> um, so he shows up at the
3: house, and they immediately, within an hour, he is now renting the apartment in the back of their house. No questions asked. Uh, no. You well, now,
5: see, this this was the point when he came to the door and Christopher Lloyd answered And he said, I'm looking for the apartment Christopher turn, Lloyd turns around and looks at Shelley Duvall and goes He's here for you Me and Andy both looked at each other and went Oh my god, Hulk Hogan is going to cock his wife He's going <laughs> to cock old Christopher Lloyd And, and that, that never really left my mind for the rest of the movie Like constantly, I was just thinking about it When when Christopher Lloyd stole and used all his shit, I was like, oh man, is he ever going to fuck Shelley Duvall tonight? (laughs) 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 And then then we got into a conversation about about that Hulk Hogan sex tape. And uh, we both realized that in that sex tape, Hulk Hogan was like cocking a dude's wife. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, "Hey Andy, you ever see that uh, Hulk Hogan sex tape where uh, he fucks Shelley Duvall and he makes Christopher Lloyd watch?" Oh <laughs> <sighs> uh,
3: shit! So you jumped ahead to exactly where I was about to go, where it says Christopher Lloyd's breaking into his to his room and he pulls out a laser gun, and uh, I feel like that laser hole is going to be tough for him to cover up. Um, but he shoots a laser straight through the lamp, through the through the the wall. And blows up one of those cars across the street. There's really no rabbit no ever
5: Yeah, no one ever mentions it until <laughs> later when uh, like they're they're outside and Hulk Hogan touches one of their guys' cars and they lose their mind. And I'm like, didn't one of those just explode <laughs> and get destroyed the other night?
3: Um the best line one of the better delivered lines is uh is there Hulk Hogan picks up the car and moves it so Christopher Lloyd can get into his driveway. And uh, you know, they're they're looking down, Hogan, and he's like, "What are you gonna do, brother? Kick my ass?" And he's like, "No, man, it's the '90s. I'm gonna sue." And then the guy behind him just goes, "Yeah, that's telling." <laughs> like, I, I I don't know. There's little subtle lines that I don't think are intentionally as funny as I find them, but whatever. Uh, we have a couple Hulk Hogan heroic jogs that happen throughout the movie. Uh, yeah,
5: he, let's talk let's talk about the nighttime jog. Yeah, where he, he stops a thug. Yeah, he he stalks him around like a fucking weirdo. Like if you saw a Christopher Lloyd hunched over, looking like a little troll, running around <laughs> being a creepoid at nighttime with binoculars, wouldn't you call the cops? Because that's a fucking weird to me. Yeah. Um,
3: so, Jesus Christ. So yeah, he stops some theft. Uh, he murders someone's car alarm. He just keeps roughhousing a mime, and then he beats a video game. Oh my God, the fucking mime shit. <laughs> Uh, and I realize, like, for for a movie that takes place in the suburbs, they have some awful crime in in this town, uh, as well as a yeah, an awful amount of – rape. Of, yeah, a lot, a lot of mimes. There's a lot of mimes in this suburban town as well. Uh, and, yeah, lots of well, rape I, and theft.
5: Okay, so Christopher Lloyd tracks him to his ship, and then he gets into the ship, and he's, he's using Hulk Hogan's armor or whatever. And uh, he crushes the end of his camera. And he goes, "Oh, um, you know advanced advanced muscular, whatever, right So when you're in the uh, the armor you're super strong." Then he goes out and he gets into that fight the fight with the rapists, right, and he's very clumsily like bumbling his way through it. he doesn't understand how to use the machine, but he does eventually dispatch the two rapists, right yeah. now, when the woman comes up to him and is like Oh my God! Thank you so much. I wanted to be like, wait, I don't really know how to use it, and just crush her bones, <laughs> 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 or like tear her in half by accident.
4: <laughs> oh my God, um, Jesus! Well, so there's something I had to say about that section right there. So, um, Chris uh, Chris Lloyd, first of all, is slumming it in this movie. Um, then uh, the 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 where where is it? It's like um, the woman just faced the the possibility of being raped, and then she's saved by someone. What does she do but offer herself? Anything you want, like that. That was actually kind of offensive to me. I was like, I understand it's like 1993 when this movie was made, but that is just not not right. There's also
3: this movie has. Um, a receptionist character who is both ugly and thirsty as all fuck uh, in this movie.
5: <laughs> who she is? <laughs> she... There is that scene where her and Hulk are in the office together, and and they're both just very close to each other, and just like ah, 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 like like they're about to come on each other or something. It's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this
3: movie. Uh was a little bit more adult than I remembered my childhood viewings of it being. I was more focused on like, oh, the Undertaker has a baby voice. Like, that was the stuff that I remember from this movie. Um, I, So so Hogan, Hogan realizes that Christopher Lloyd has been wearing the suit and has, because of his negligence, uh, allowed for a bunch of bounty hunters who are searching for Chef Ramsay to come down and uh, try to Try to defeat him, also, the rapists have walked off with one of his many, many
5: weapons um, and yeah, they- now at, at at this point in the movie, you guys are going to have to tell me what happened because I went to take a shit and i didn 't pause it because i there was still fifty minutes left, and I was like well this this'll kill some time
3: <laughs> um, so for starters, they pull out what is one hundred and ten percent the p uh, the p k meter from Ghostbusters and use it to try to find...
4: Um, yes, okay, <laughs> I'm so glad that wasn't just me.
3: Yeah, no, that's 100% what it is. Uh, and they use that to find the thieves who are using this gun which freezes people to rob a bank. Uh, and they use the gun on, on Hulk Hogan, but it doesn't work because he's drinking antifreeze in order to avoid Jesus being Christ. frozen. Um, uh, and that is... That is fantastic uh so they get the gun back but christopher lloyd in uh is hit by by some residue freeze spray and is frozen leading to probably the best line in the movie i was frozen today which is my best uh christopher lloyd right there um, That's not bad that's pretty good it's better than my hogan
4: uh, <laughs> uh don't don't get ahead of yourself there man your hogan was great uh, so...
5: These piranhas have been trapped in this underwater cave for centuries. <laughs> uh, so, <coughs> did you see, get... Does that make you feel better? Your Christopher Lloyd was better than mine.
3: <laughs> when you were done shitting, did you get to see the surfin' burger scene? Because... Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, uh, the two bounty hunters... One who's just, like, a random bit player who's been around for years playing, like, big tough guys in mob movies. And the other one being The Undertaker from WWE in his only acting role. And there is no Ever. questioning why he never acted again. Um, but they are in a, a car that they've stolen that says Just Married on the back. And they pull up to a burger joint called Surfin' Burger, where it sounds like Bill and Ted are berth- both working the drive through Uh yep and just like hey. i had
4: nightmare flashbacks to the drive through episode
3: oh my god and the the list of specialty burgers They're just like, hey, bro, welcome to and Burger. Can I get you interested in the Tornado Burger or maybe the Hurricane Burger? How do you feel about having a Typhoon Burger? Oh, whoa, you guys just get married. You look so cute. Can we interest you in the Honeymoon Burger? It's like, who the fuck is ordering the Honeymoon Burger? Like, what is it? I want to know more about it, but they uh, they blow yeah, it's up. a good burger. I mean,
5: <laughs> Order I don't give a fuck what it's called.
3: <laughs> they they blow up the Surfenburger mascot's head, um, which causes the speaker to stop working and everything. And they just drive off. They didn't even order food. They got nothing. It was weird. Um, I hope they weren't hungry. So, they uh, there, there's a big gap where I just stopped writing notes uh, because it's like they go to they they realize that they have to go get some crystals from inside Christopher Lloyd's office. And there's a big party going on there, and they get the crystals, and the bounty hunters show up, and there's a bunch of ba- bounty hunter fighting hijinks. That's basically like a live action Looney Tunes cartoon. Where, well, one of them is the one guy goes through the wall and leaves like an imprint of him. The other guy just gets crushed by an elevator. <laughs> the the ending that we wanted to see last week in uh, in New Year's Evil, we got in Suburban Commando instead. Of someone just getting crushed by an elevator. And these guys are just punching through fucking ceilings and walls like it's nobody's business. Uh to the point that I think even Hogan has a line where he's like, Man, shoddy repairmanship or shoddy construction. No, he's, he
4: could, yeah. Oh shit, what is it? It's it's like something um talk about talk about poor construction or something like that. Man, yeah. his lines are Awful! Oh yeah. So
5: and then and then he puts the guy through the wall and he goes, "Game over, you lost." And I was like, "Really? That's what you're going with the <laughs> plus, the callback to the the shitty uh, arcade scene that you were fucking whatever." So do you know
3: the did, did either one of you uh, take the time to to hit up the IMDb and read some trivia on this? Nope. Okay. So this movie was originally written to be a uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito movie, but they chose to do twins instead. And then, (laughs) and then new line uh, grab picked up the screen, uh, the screenplay instead to have a follow up to the Hulk Hogan film. No holds bar. Um, Yeah. So you have to imagine that all of these lines that Hogan's delivering would have been delivered by Arnold. They still would have been awful, but you know, Arnold would have been like antifreeze
4: or, Game over. <laughs> you, you lose. Um, to be fair, we we did get to see most of that in uh, Batman Forever. <laughs> uh, all of the gun- oh, is that Batman and Robin? That's Batman, That's Batman and Robin. And Robin. Uh, oh, sorry, guys. Hey, Scott. The
5: all movie of, with twenty-five villains. <laughs> uh,
3: all of the gun props in this movie were reused from Masters of the Universe. Just a fun little fact. Oh,
4: um, well, nice. it doesn't doesn't make up for the fact that uh, I would have much preferred to watch masters of the universe uh
3: actually i think i may have found an answer oh no never mind this is the director's last movie he died he died after this
4: man what a way to go that's sad
3: he went out on suburban commando but i'm looking to see if anything that he made was anything noteworthy and it looks just like a lot of shitty tv shows so he he didn't it wasn't like it was a brilliant career that ended on a sour note it looks like it was pretty weak across the board shit oh yeah um so (laughs) so jesus christ uh i was I, i when i saw that it was someone's final movie i'm like maybe it was the sergeant and that's why he just kind of disappeared midway through the movie uh but that seems to not be the case he lived another 10 years um so they think that they've got everything they need so that Hogan can fly back up into space and save everybody, cause, but he won't say goodbye because he doesn't believe in goodbyes or whatever. And that's when you find out that General Souter is still alive. This is the first mention of him since the beginning of the movie. Uh, he's he's back. He He's like, you know, there was more than just one escape pod on that ship. I always have a backup plan. And, uh, I
2: think they called
5: them uh, something like Bullety Pods or Bubbery Pods or something like
3: that. Yeah, something stupid. Uh, and he turns into like a weird blend of like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Predator,
4: and like the final creature from Krull. It's like what? You- yes. Oh my god. and okay, Now I'm excited about this movie because you <laughs> reminded me about Krull. Um, he had a
5: he had a little bit of swamp thing in there too.
4: Yeah. No. You can't get me on board with it with by by talking about my favorite comic book character of all time. That's just disrespectful, right there. So they they fight uh, this if I monster remember
5: correctly. He was able to tap into the speed force as well. Oh,
4: <laughs> I think I actually just came.
3: Uh, I like this creature. I, I'm going to throw it out there. I, I think it's it deserves a
4: better movie than Suburban Commando. But whatever, he's in there. The thing I, the thing I don't like about this monster is that. All it does is is like kind of throw its arms up in the power stance and go ah! and then it gets electrocuted. It's worthless. He gets
3: murdered by not- disco, and then the disco explodes. And I wrote, oh no, not the disco! <laughs> but uh, you know, the the world's safe. Uh, Ramsey decides he's going to fly back off into outer space, but he says goodbye to the family. There's a scene where he's dressed in. In a long sleeve blue shirt and some rainbow pants, which is just the most 80s look in this movie. Those are Zubas, man, right? (laughs) You're a little bit older than me. You might remember. I was was four when this movie came out, I think.
4: All right. I need to go down memory lane for just a second for you guys so that you understand. Um, You guys – well, I know Matt knows Brandon. Uh, Brandon played drums in Survivor Girl and the metal band before that. Uh, ichabod crane and um he's my buddy and loves wrestling so uh obviously matt and he have probably talked about wrestling more than on facebook more than uh brandon and i have ever talked about wrestling because i I do not like wrestling um so um brandon and one of his other buddies found pairs of Zubas. Which were, you know, they're those pants that are like kind of baggy at the thigh and real tight at the ankle and crazy colors and et cetera. Um, they wore them to my 30th birthday party, which was a 90s themed dance party at a local bar that Megan put together for me. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, th- that's how I know what Zuba, that they're called Zubas. Not because I have actually done research, but rather because I've been around people enough that actually wear them. Apparently they're you are, super comfortable. You,
5: you go ahead and you post those pictures on Facebook whenever you're ready. <laughs>
4: Dude, how many years have we been friends and you've probably already seen them? Yeah,
5: but everybody needs to see them. They're all your friends, Scott.
4: <laughs> okay, that's just a
3: lie. Uh, so... That's that's the ending of Suburban Commando.
5: They they oh we get we get one last scene where Hulk's wearing the power armor and then he shakes uh, Christopher Lloyd's hand and I was like I, again I made a joke that was like what if he just crushed all his bones to death straight out.
3: <laughs> so there's also this one really weird thing at the end where there's this ongoing plot that Christopher Lloyd keeps hitting this one red light on his way home from work. So dumb. So at the end I didn't the m-
5: ever understand it. Yeah. It never made any sense to me.
3: Yeah. And the end of the movie, he blows up the stoplight, but like that road looks like a road that super needs that stoplight. Like
4: that's not like it's it's not yeah, like and everybody's like cheering in their cars?
3: Yeah. Uh so there's a video game of this movie, but it came out two years after the film was released, so
4: <laughs> was it on oh was it NES?
3: I don't know. That's I'm just going through the uh the IMDB updates here.
5: Um, tell geez. me what it is so I can get an emulator and I can tell you how the game is.
4: <laughs> uh, Adam, I don't even need to play it to say how shit it's going to be.
5: It might be a hidden classic. It might be a little hidden gem. No, this if level, Matt
4: if Matt and Kelly doesn't even know about it, Hulk Hogan yeah. super fan over here, it's not good.
3: See. If Suburban Commando hadn't been a sci-fi film, Shep Ramsey would have been a black ops commando who's ordered to take a vacation by a superior officer after a failed mission to eliminate a terrorist fanatic and becomes a lodger at Charlie Wilcox and his family and struggles to adjust to normal life due to his discipline and training and is soon tracked down by the terrorist fanatic and his men out to settle the score.
4: I'm going to go ahead and say that this sounds more endearing than that. It sounds like somebody took that
5: script and reworked it and made it into that movie, Hannah, that we got a couple of years ago. Hannah? Yeah, you don't know, remember where the little girl is trained by her dad in the woods to be like a super terrorist, like crazy spy girl. And then her dad, since she has to like go out into normal society.
4: Wait, are you talking about kick ass?
5: <laughs> no, but we now know that the guy that wrote that's a fucking hack too. <laughs> I think
3: that's all we need to say about this one. Thank you guys for making my dreams come true and voting for, for a real gem of a movie, Suburban Commando. I'm very happy that I got to expose Scotty and Adam to, to its brilliance. Uh, I'm sure that they will speak of it positively to their friends for years to come.
4: Oh, Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Matt, you know, I'm being really, really generous with how much I fucking hated watching this movie. Um, I had no fun watching this garbage, um, but i'm I'm in a good mood today. It's two thousand and seventeen by the time this comes out. I have high hopes for it not being a shit year like last year.
0: Are you a fan of young adult novels?
1: Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels?
0: Then join author Eric J. Brown.
1: And Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle.
0: Every other Tuesday on YAOK.
1: Available on all podcasting
2: apps. Woo! We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm -hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. So um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the end. That's the end. That's the end.
4: So, what did you watch this week? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh well, this is a little late, but um we haven't really had uh what did we watch for a couple weeks. So, like a, a one worth worth mentioning, but uh Megan and I went and saw Rogue One. How was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Have you guys seen it yet? I have not. No, man, it is—it's great. I'm not. I'm going to do a spoiler-free little comment here, but I think it's the prettiest of the Star Wars films of all of them, and it's very much like so. Return of the Jedi is my favorite of the series of of any of the series um, of the franchise, and uh, followed closely by Force Awakens. But that's probably because it's just. A better telling of a new hope, but um, I, I I feel that there's a very similar uh, like cinematography angle that they have going on on in the third act of uh, of Rogue One as they had in the in Endor basically when they're when they're on the forest planet with the Ewoks. It's a very similar kind of feel for me, and uh, I liked it a lot. i talked to a lot of people, like friends that have, have seen it, um, have some serious issues with it, but I f- have this sneaking suspicion that no matter what, no matter how good a new Star Wars film is, people are going to shit on it. Like Nobody's going to be happy because the, the original trilogy just can't be touched in most people's minds because of nostalgia. Like, I've heard people say that they can't empathize with anybody in Rogue One. I've heard people say that it's too much like a Vietnam movie. I've heard people say that it doesn't... It has too many, like, plot holes and doesn't doesn't follow the narrative correctly. Some people don't like that there's no intro scroll. Some people don't like the music. Like, you know, if we're talking about Force Awakens, everybody was bitching and moaning about how it was just... Um, a new hope, but with a female lead, other people were upset about the, the the way the characters were taken care of in the movie. And I just feel like people complain. They just want to complain. People just want to complain. Like, are you not excited by the fact that 25, 30 years later we're getting more movies from our favorite cinematic universe? Like, shut the fuck up and enjoy it. It's entertainment. It's not. I don't know. It's it's just like people get so bound up in in franchises.
5: What if yet. we did like um, two movies just set around Ewoks?
4: <laughs> don't do you... play with my emotions. Oh, my <laughs> fucking God.
5: Well, Scott, if, if that's what you're looking for, I've got good news. <laughs> <Those> <laughs> uh, what if we did um, – what if we met like Chewbacca's family and we saw how <laughs> they spent
4: the No, holidays. listen. The Christmas special – I don't know what you're talking about. That was just something that they, that they pitched that never happened. And, and then I know that you've heard stories about there being the Ewok movies, but those are from that Berenstain Bear universe <laughs> that doesn't exist where Nelson Mandela died. You know,
5: I thought that I had seen the, the Christmas special. I was watching it on my laptop, and then a, a heftier, older gentleman came in and smashed it with a hammer and told me that I'd never seen it. So I guess I, I just imagined it.
4: Did he actually have no chin, but a beard that made it look like he had a chin?
5: He, it was very carefully lined up. Yes, He goes to a, <laughs> he goes to a, a black barber because he's got to get that line and that fade to make it look like he's got a chin down there. <laughs>
4: Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. He's come to my house at least one time or another too, whispered in to my ears about the uh how good episodes one through three are, but I still have I I, I think that those are just myths. Alright, so
3: <laughs> I watched um the uh sorry. <clears throat> I watched a movie called uh, Psycho 4, The Beginning, which is a weird – like I, I, like it's a prequel, but it's a sequel at the same time where it's Norman Bates calling into a call-in radio show that's – Oh, due- yeah. yeah.
4: Oh, God damn it! Don't talk about it. I was going to pick that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Well, don't then I – then I won't say anything other than it's a weird fucking movie.
4: No, no, um, no, talk about it now so that you can save me from myself, so I don't pick it. Uh, yeah, don't
3: pick it. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, Norman, like it's Norman Bates calling into a call-in radio show that happens to be doing a discussion on men who've murdered their parents. <laughs> and, <laughs> the and he calls
5: in it's and just... Very broad topic. You're sure to get <laughs> lots of... Collins,
3: uh, uh, and he calls in and just tells the entire origin story of him growing up with his mother. Um, so it answers all the questions that you've ever wanted to know about Psycho. Um, it's bad. Uh, I also watched, not horror-related, but I did watch Zootopia, and that movie is a delight. Um yep. so, so highly highly recommend Zootopia to, uh, to really anybody. And I watched a Charles Band film called Skullheads, which... Is not going to be a future pick <laughs> um, in my life. Uh, that thing is like barely an hour long, so typical Charles Band. Um, but it's like about this weird incestual family, and some big shots from Hollywood show up at their castle to tape a movie, but they turn out to just be regular ass art thieves there to raid the place, and then the skullheads come and protect them. Uh, the skullheads show up for literally the last three minutes of the movie. And before that, it's just a weird family drama about this incestual family that lives alone in a in a castle.
4: So, so you're saying that I should watch the last three minutes? Yeah, maybe, maybe. So because I'm looking at, I, I actually like quickly, I was like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> fucking went right to, to Charles Van Skullhead's. Got it. <laughs> like... <laughs> The cover art looks abysmal. (laughs) Why would you subject
3: yourself to even an hour of this garbage? So this was what my mom got me for my birthday. (laughs) this oh, this alone how
4: bad did your mom hate
3: you it was in a dollar bin at big lots as far as i know she forgot my birthday was that day and was like oh no <laughs> oh <laughs> my like, god like... yeah right your mom
5: just knows you that well that you fucking <laughs> would love whatever piece of shit came out of the
4: dollar bin. <laughs> <laughs> um, there in like three months somebody's gonna get that in the mail <laughs> Uh, lucky dog you
3: uh, but that's all I got how about you Adam wrap wrap it up Um, I don't know I
5: didn't really watch a whole lot um, other than some TV now have you guys ever
4: watched uh... wait did you watch the next episode of uh, of Flavor of Love bro
5: oh shit All right, New Year's (laughs) resolution right here right now let's put it on the air I will start continuing the Flavor of Love series um, as of our next record whenever that will be uh, right. So I will have that for you then. I, you got to remind me because I, you know, I'm retarded. Uh, but no, I didn't watch that. Have you guys ever watched any Kenny versus Spenny? Yes. Yeah. Scott, what about you? You ever see no, anything like that? Do you think I would lower myself to something that's that rhymes? Oh,
3: Kenny versus Spenny is ridiculous. Yeah, it.
5: man. It's it's something that's, it's that's genuinely worthwhile finding and, and watching. Yeah. I know it didn't get as much traction down in the states uh, as it certainly did up here because those guys are like hyper famous in Canada. Um, <clears throat> but it's essentially a show where two guys—one uh, a neurotic fucking psychopath with terrible self-esteem—and the other one, a sociopath uh, who loves to torture the other guy, uh, compete in series of challenges each each week. Um, stuff like who can produce the more, sp- who can produce more sperm. Or uh, who do black guys like the most? Or who yeah, can stay tied
4: to a like the longest? This is exactly something that you would like. This, it, this is not is, shocking it, it, me this at, is at like, all right. This
3: is like Canadian Jackass, but with like a plot line is the best way that I can describe
4: it. Yeah.
5: It, and there's an episode, Scott, and this is the one that I always suggest to people. The episode is, who can keep an octopus on their head the longest? <laughs>
4: uh why are you even o- offering this information for me cuz you know I'm not going to wor- watch any of this at all? Uh, because
5: when when this goes out and it goes to the group, they're all going to be talking feverently about this <laughs> Octopus Goes to the on the head episode because there's what, what happens at the end of this episode is I it's shocking to me that there weren't like serious legal ramifications from it. <laughs> And that, um, that they ever let it air on television. Because <laughs> it's really fucked up what well, happens. Like, it's hilarious.
4: But- it's been you for- tell me off the air it, so I don't have to it, watch or what?
3: It's been forever since I've watched this show. But I, I remember one, one uh, winter break, me and my roommates just binged a bunch of it. Um, and I, wasn't there an episode? All, all I remember is one of them always tries to find a way to cheat the system to win the contest. Yes. Uh, And I think the one was, like, who could go the longest without using their hands for a day or something along those lines. And he was just, like, finding all these weird ways to, like, get shit done by just asking other people to do things for him. Whereas, like, the other guy was being very honest about trying to just go through the day without ever having to rely on his hands. And, like, it was just... It's so insane. It is probably one of the most insane things I've seen in a in a long time. I, yeah. I would revisit you, Kenny versus you know, Benny,
5: <laughs> Scott. Just because you're not ever going to watch it, and I'm sure most of the audience uh, has seen it, and it's not that it's not that big of a spoiler. But if you don't want to hear it, then maybe skip ahead about a minute. Um, he they get the octopuses from a butcher and they put it on their heads. And now the one guy ha- puts on like a giant Rastafarian beanie over top of the octopus, so that it it just appears to be a beanie with some like tentacles trailing down as if they're dreadlocks. But what he's actually done is cut the tentacles off of the um, the octopus and just string them along the inside of the beanie. So he it, from minute one he's actually not wearing the octopus on his head anymore. The other guy is though. And it just becomes this war of attrition where it's like, you know, it's not that it's not bad enough that he's ever going to take it off. So I have to figure out a way to make him take it off. And he ends up dosing Spenny with a huge amount of LSD, like a ridiculous amount of LSD. And and it, it's it's uh, and you, you watch some episodes of this show and you kind of know that they're staging things. This is fucking terrifying. Like he is outside dancing in the rain in his underwear, and he turns around and you can see that he's shit himself a little bit back there, and like he's just still got this octopus on his head and they lose track of him while he's still high on LSD, and he wanders out of the house, and he goes down to the shore of the river in Toronto, and just plops the dead octopus into the river because he wanted to set it free into the wild. Adam,
4: your idea of fun is really fucked up I Uh. I wouldn't want to do it, but it's pretty funny to watch (laughs) but that's what i'm saying is that you're like yeah i'm gonna spend time watching this
5: uh i've seen every episode baby more (laughs) than once
3: well that was suburban commando from 1991 thank you for listening as always we will be back to discussing actual horror movies next week instead of just horrible movies uh we've got plenty of good things around the corner uh you can check us out uh, on the Patreon, we got a Patreon account as always, and that one, we're only like $18 away from our goal of $200 a month. Once we hit that goal, you are going to get not one but two bonus episodes every single month from us. Uh, we will be putting in the extra work to give you extra, extra fun. Uh, we've got a bunch of conventions and other cool stuff coming up in the near future, so you can look forward to that. And there's a bunch of other cool places where you can check us out, interact, and listen.
5: You can always find us on Twitter at HMN Podcast, where I get, we mention, we do retweets, we talk to the uh, talk to the fans. Um, if you would like to suggest a movie to us, just make sure that you send it in an email with an explanation to HMN podcast at gmail.com. Scott, you got anything over there?
4: Oh yeah. Go to our SoundCloud, uh soundcloud.com backslash horror movie night. Uh, you can listen to pretty much everything we've done as Horror Movie Night, for better or for worse. My uh, my best friend since uh, probably by elementary school um, had the past week off, and I think he's listened to every episode, That's like awesome. consecutively. And he decided that, and he'll be listening to this too. So I want to give him a shout out, Mar. I'm going to tell everybody about your bad decision here. Bad decision number one was listening to us like binging us for a week. Second bad decision was he decided that he is going to watch all of the bad movies that he can get a hold of that we have talked about. So as of this recording, he is on um, Puppet Master 4. Of the entire Puppet Masters series, I told him, I told him to stop. I told him for his sanity, don't do it. (laughs) And uh, you can't stop someone when they have decided to uh, watch the Puppet Masters of franchise. Yeah, we fucking told you not to either. (laughs) Listen, that was because, exactly. You told me not to, and I'm a petulant little teenage girl, and I was like, I'm going to do what you say not to. (laughs) So um, I told him about the Nazi titties. He appreciated it. I told him that it's all downhill from there and he's in for a real bumpy ride as of last night, pretty much as of tonight, actually, because he's back at it and um, he's just going to be one sad bastard in about another four hours. And I I just Uh want to
3: throw this out there to uh, the people who write in with the suggestions. We are like literally booked until April or May with these suggestions right now. So keep them coming. But but. Be prepared to have to wait a few months for us to actually get to your suggestion. But we do read if every w- email.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, and and if you want, if you can make us a good argument, we'll swap out Adam's pick for yours. Because Adam, <laughs> Adam's picks, he's run out of ideas. <laughs> yeah.
5: Where if is... their argument is they'll spend the next three years sucking your dick once a week, then yeah, I guess that's fine.
4: <laughs> <laughs> They've earned well, it too. Those dicks have been sucked out <laughs> I need new blood here, man.
5: Uh, the, the the job of sucking a dick is never truly done,
4: Scott. Looking <laughs> <laughs> like a true professional.
0: Are you a fan of young adult novels?
1: Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels?
0: Then join author Eric J. Brown.
1: And Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle.
0: Every other Tuesday on YAOK.
1: Available on all podcasting apps.
0: Woo!
2: We're making an ad. Snapping yeah. ad This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm -hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. So um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the end. That's the end. That's the app.
0: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.